0: Coffee and your Bible.
1: Listen to what the spirit says. It's time for daybreak. Daybreak. Good. Good morning. Happy September. Happy September. Today. It's fall. It's Hi. fall. It's fall. I'm doing this not till the 21st. Today. Yeah, it's Are we stealing your thunder? Yes. Today, today is, is. Today is Thursday, <laughs> September the first, in the year of our Lord 2022, and this is Daybreak Live with the Nesbits.
0: Yay! Yay! Okay. Go! God. Oh, God. oh, stop God. it! Come on! I have to edit that.
1: No. Good morning, thanks
0: to <laughs> God. So, so you will need to at some point watch the very beginning of that because Sarah was hilarious. To you, Miss Rachel. Mm. Miss Rachel. Does she love that song? Or maybe not. I just know she sings
1: along. Maybe she actually doesn't like it. Well, it's hard to say.
0: (laughs) Good morning, guys. Part of our group, part of our Church Without Walls group is having a prayer meeting this morning starting at seven o'clock in Carthage. I don't know if they're going to walk around Carthage or what they're doing. Walk around. But uh, we need all the prayers we can get. Amen, 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 amen. So we're in the book of Revelation. I want to remind you that this Saturday we'll be down here at Defeated Creek Park. Defeated is where we live. Defeated Creek is where we live. Lisa tells everybody we live victoriously victoriously in Defeated Creek. Uh, But uh, down here at the campground, at the big shelter, we will be there. Uh, food. We are going to have food by six o'clock, so Woo! we'll eat between six and seven. And then people will still be eating when we crank up music and start singing. But I'd uh, love for you to come out and be with us, Brother Charles. It won't be long coming from Arizona to Tennessee for Tabernacles, and it won't be long till Tabernacles is here. And there's a uh, we got several things planned for Tabernacles for so you know we're camping in the campground and anybody's welcome to come and if you can find you a spot and camp in the campground and join with us we'll have one camp set set up as a tent of meeting to where we'll meet together every morning about eight thirty for prayer and then every night from seven thirty to 8 30 we'll have a service but we got things lined up like like family fun day for the kids we've got pontoon day where we'll go out on the pontoon so anyway we're looking forward to that that's october the 9th through the 16th
1: we're also going to have a big shabbat meal on the yep. shabbat uh during tabernacles and we're to, we have rented the big shelter and we're gonna have a night of dancing yeah so uh we're gonna do some davidic hebrew dancing we're gonna do some old-timey so uh, dancing all kinds of
0: stuff yes yeah, so we've added more stuff in this year and we'll see how it goes it's kind of like a, a messianic version of a vacation bible school i guess
1: Uh, for
0: adults for adults yeah and well families whole families together so as we're ready to start chapter six i just put in here today the seals uh but as i shared with you yesterday i want to put a parenthetical section in here it's like a parenthesis and there's a lot there's several of these in the book of revelation part of helping understand the book of revelation so you've got you've got seals that are chronological then you've got a parenthetical section or an explanation section to where it's like you stop you know everything stops and the angel explains what's going on on earth during this time then you've got the trumpets where which are chronological and then it's like okay let me tell you what's happening parenthetical sections Uh, and this happens throughout the book of revelation But what I thought would be needed, though, and this would be something that somebody could refer back to if you uh, decided uh, that you wanted to, is many times you will hear when you're hearing preaching, if you're listening to it online, you're listening because now everybody, you can hear preaching anywhere, right? And so it's not you only hear the pastor that you go to church. You hear lots of preaching, lots of teaching, TV, radio. Uh, podcast and you'll hear a term called the the seven years when you enter the final seven years or the mid part of the week the abomination of desolation the uh, setting up uh, the uh, of the abomination that makes desolate and in the middle of the final seven years three and a half years in so you hear these terms three and a half three and a half 42 months 1260 days time time times dividing the time and you hear this a lot when you're talking about in time uh in time matters eschatology so I thought it would be good just to give an understanding of where this final seven years comes from, what the thought pattern is. And remember, everybody does not agree with the final seven years, okay? But I'll show you where it comes from. I have not seen a better argument, and so that's where I lean. And as we go through Revelation, this is one of the things I'm trying to share with you is where I'm at. I I listen to good debates and arguments about it all the time. I've shared with you that I am a futurist, but as a futurist, I'm also a both now and person. That is to say, I believe Revelation was relevant for the church that received it. And in their mind as they read it, I believe it gives them the strength to stand against the Roman Empire and the ungodly uh, dictates of the Roman Empire in their day. Okay? Okay. However, I believe, and, and I believe you can prove this as in the New Testament we see things fulfilled, uh, that the Apostle Paul teaches things uh, or allegories or things that are real, they actually happen, but then they have a spiritual meaning as well. So my point of view is, is that throughout the church age, the book of Revelation gives the church the Boldness, the ability to be able to say yes, even in the face of death to Jesus and know that they will go to be with him. He is in charge. And this is how we overcome his being faithful unto death. However, I also believe that there is a literal fulfillment to Revelation. And so Revelation has... It has songs, as we read yesterday. These are songs. It has chronological order things that are happening. It has uh, types. It has shadows. It has pictures. It it has all of these things in it. But, and I may do two, uh, two parenthetical sections, just because I think they need to be said, and you need to see where they come from, whether you agree with them or disagree with them. So... Before we get into 6 and before we get to the opening of the first seal, right, you, we seen the book. We've seen the book. Now the Lamb has taken the book, the bowing down of the elders, the bowing down of the living creatures. They have the prayers of all the saints that's being given unto the Lamb that's saying it's time to break the seal but what does this begin? So I want you to turn with me to the book of Daniel, the book of Daniel chapter nine, the book of Daniel chapter nine. Now, why would we go to the book of Daniel chapter nine? Well, there's something in the chapter nine that is said he places the abomination that brings desolation or that makes desolate. Now, we may do another section on just the abomination of desolation. I think it would be a good thing to do, actually, because it helps you give a, get a focal point of the end time situation. Now, remember, no one knows the day or the hour of the Lord's return, but we are told to know the seasons, to see the fig tree putting forth its leaves. We are told to be watchful. And we are supposed to know the times when they begin to happen. That being said, in when Jesus, in uh, when Jesus was talking about the what he determined the great tribulation, what he called the great tribulation, we get these terms from the Lord Jesus because he said, "When you shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of." by daniel the prophet now in the minds of the jewish people the abomination of desolation was a thing that happened in history we would call it intertestamental history between malachi and the opening of matthew in your scriptures there's about 400 years but there's other books that were written during those times they're called the apocryphal books but they were not and are not seen as canon they were not canonized canonical there, that means they were not considered scripture. But there's a man named Antiochus Epiphanes who destroyed the temple. I mean, he, he offered swine's blood, brought it into the holy place, and set up, there's just terrible things that happened, and it became known as the abomination of desolation. But Jesus says, when you shall see, they ask him, what's going to be the sign of your coming? They ask him several things. When shall all these things be, the destruction of the temple? What shall be the sign of your coming in the end of the age, the end of the world? Then Jesus goes on to say, when you shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet. Now, Jesus took something that in Jewish history was in the past and put it in the future. When you shall see. He says that's going to be a sign. Now, Jesus also said when this happens, it's going to begin something. He calls, then shall there be great tribulation, such as was not since there was a nation to that time, nor ever again will be after it, right? And he calls it the great tribulation. Now, he says in Matthew 24, 29, and up to 31, he says immediately after the tribulation, The sun will be darkened, the moon will turn to blood, the stars are going to fall from heaven, the earth is going to shake, and you're going to see the sun returning. Now, when we get to the sixth seal, you're going to see that very thing. In the sixth seal, the moon, the stars falling from heaven, all of these things that Jesus talked about. So that tells you what I do that the great tribulation was immediately, I mean, that the sixth seal then, that's going to show you where the sixth seal is. I hope you're following me. But where's this final seven years come from? And that's what I want to talk about today. So in the book of Daniel, chapter 9, and as I'm saying, everybody doesn't believe this, but everybody that you hear say the final seven years, if you ever hear that come out of a preacher's mouth, evangelist teacher, if you ever, uh, Sunday school teacher, it doesn't matter. If you hear them say the final seven years, then they are ascribing to a certain belief system. I'm going to tell you what that belief system is. In the book of Daniel, chapter 9, Daniel has been studying scriptures. Now, Daniel fasts and prays all the time. He's amazing at this, okay? Okay. He notices as he's reading the prophet Jeremiah. He's reading Jeremiah, and as he's reading Jeremiah's prophecy, he realizes, see, Daniel is in Babylon. Daniel is one of the people that's in Babylon. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. Nebuchadnezzar uh, overthrew Jerusalem, took it over, placed a puppet king in its place, took the royalty back to Babylon, Okay, made many of them eunuchs, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, Daniel. They're all in Babylon. Jeremiah had prophesied because of the sins of Jerusalem that Babylon was coming. Guess what? Jeremiah's prophecies were correct. Babylon came. They took over the city. They took the people captive into Babylon this is where the beginning of the prophecies of Babylon begin. Start with. He is the beginning. Babylon is the beginning. However, Daniel is studying. So he's not just praying and talking to God. He's also studying the prophet Jeremiah. And as he's studying Jeremiah, he realizes that Jeremiah prophesies that after 70 years, they're going to come back to the land. Now, chapter 9 of Daniel begins with him realizing this, and he starts to pray and seek God's face, and God sends the angel Gabriel to Daniel. Yes, the same Gabriel that appears to Mary, Miriam, and the same Gabriel that came in a dream to Joseph. But Gabriel shows up, and he's wanting more information about Jerusalem, the holy city the temple, and all of these things. And so that brings us to kind of give you a backstory. You can read it to the explanation, verse 24. Now we're going to read 24 through 27. Here we go. I'm in Daniel 9. Seventy weeks are determined. Daniel, he says, you are greatly beloved and we want you to understand. Seventy and here's what it literally literally says. 77s are determined upon thy people and upon the holy city to finish transgression to make an end of sins to bring reconciliation for iniquity to bring in everlasting righteousness to seal up the vision and the prophecy and to anoint the most holy. Hallelujah. Verse 25. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem unto Messiah, the prince, shall be seven weeks and three score and two weeks, 69 weeks, Sixty-nine sevens. sevens. In other words, it's going to be seven sevens, then sixty-two sevens. sevens. The street shall be built again and the wall, even in troublous times. Verse 26, and after three score and two weeks, Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. And the people, now listen very closely here, and the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary, and the end thereof shall be with a flood. And unto the end of the war, desolations are determined. The abomination of desolation. When you shall see, Jesus said. Verse 7. And he, the prince that shall come, that's going to destroy the city and the sanctuary, or the people of the prince that shall come, is going to destroy the city and the sanctuary. He shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. One seven. And in the midst of the week, in the middle of the week, he shall cause the sacrifice and oblation to cease, and for the overspreading of abominations, he shall make it desolate, even unto the consummation, and that determined shall be poured upon the desolate. Okay, so what you have is seventy sevens. Everybody agrees. All everybody understands this to be seven times. Seventy years. Seventy times seven years. Seventy-sevens. Okay? 490 years. When is it going to begin? With the going forth of the commandment to rebuild Jerusalem. That would be King Cyrus would allow 42,000 Jews to go back to Jerusalem. They would begin to rebuild the street. They would rebuild the city. It's going. To, it was rebuilt, but it was in troublous times. And it took like 49 years for them to rebuild sections of it. But then, he said "Then 62 sevens, the Messiah is coming. He's talking about the Lord Jesus, Yeshua. Now, the interesting thing here, so you got 490 years. But what is 490 years for what? Now, this is the key and why I, at this point, It seems to be the best argument that there's been a pause, and I'll explain why, and the final seven years is coming. Because in verse 24 it says, Determined upon thy people. Who is Daniel's people? Who is Daniel's people? And upon the holy city. What holy city is Gabriel talking about? He's talking about Jerusalem here around my neck. I have a necklace that was given to me from my brothers in Jerusalem uh, from worship leaders there that I met at the conference. It's in the shape of Israel, the state, but right here in the middle there's a little blue dot, Jerusalem. Seventy weeks are determined upon thy people, Israel, and Jerusalem the holy city so the point of this prophecy is Jerusalem is Israel as as I've said the bible is israel centric well where do we come in well they rejected the messiah okay and now to the ends of the earth the nations are included okay whosoever will gets to be included in the commonwealth of israel and have the same king over us and over all the other nations as well but what what is coming it says to finish the transgressions in other words after these 490 years transgressions will be over the city will be restored to its rightful place of honor to make an end to sins sin will leave jerusalem after this time there will be no more sin to make reconciliation Reconciliation for iniquity and to bring in everlasting righteousness. From this point on, after 490 years, these now, and, and hear it this way 490 prophetic years, Jerusalem will be righteous again. It's not righteous right now, by the way. It'll be righteous again. And to seal up the vision and prophecy, everything will be sealed up and to anoint the most holy. It will become the place of the kingdom, and from there, the ruler will rule over the entire earth. And this would be synonymous, in my mind, with anoint the Most Holy One as well. The Most Holy Place, the Holy One, Messiah. Now, they understood this when Jesus had come, and they saw that he was the Messiah. This is why I've said this a few times in Acts chapter 1, verse 6. They ask him after, especially after he rose from the dead, they're like, okay, Lord, are you going to at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? They're saying, is this the time for the everlasting righteousness for Jerusalem? Is this the time to make an end of sins for Jerusalem, for it to become the city it was meant to be? Is this it? And the Lord says, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons. But it's for you to get this gospel and this good news around the world. And God has set a time for this. So it's as if. Now, so to Messiah the Prince. Now let's jump down. I'm going to show you the cut off. I want you to see it. Verse 26. After three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off. So, So we can say after 483 prophetic years, the Lord, the Messiah, is cut off. That speaks of his crucifixion, in my way of understanding. He's cut off, but he wasn't cut off for himself, right? It says he shall be cut off, but not for himself. It speaks, it's talking about his death, and he was cut off, okay, but not for him. It was for the sins of the people, and then the next part says, and the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. Now, this is wild. There's a prince, there's a ruler, and you notice in your Bible it'll be a little p. Messiah, the prince, it'll be a capital P, or it should be. And the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. So after Messiah is cut off, now the city and the sanctuary is going to be destroyed. So this tells us then, this is why we say, it seems that the prophetic clock of the restoration of Jerusalem to all thing, all things was put on pause, and the gospel goes out into all the world to bring a people for His name. When's it come off? When does it start? When the fullness of the Gentiles are come in, then the Lord shall return and rebuild the tabernacle of Jacob that is fallen down. Acts chapter fifteen. James says that the prophets agree to this, brothers, okay? So we know in the seven sevens, we know that the city and the sanctuary was destroyed in 70 AD. So we know that's more than one seven years. Does that make sense? So this is why end time uh, prophecy people or anyone that studies eschatology. I'm, not, I'm saying it's not the only view, but this is why everyone that holds a futurist view holds that there's a final seven years that is coming. The prophecy clock is going to start again when the fullness of the Gentiles comes in and God says, it's time. Then he's going to begin to deal with Jerusalem again. And verse 27 is going to kick in we'll look at verse 27. He shall confirm the covenant. You've heard this priest. You may not have noticed it, But my hope is, is after today and you hear this, now you'll understand when you hear guys say this, you know, the Antichrist is going to confirm a covenant. Why? Because verse 27 says he shall confirm the covenant. Now, I think it's the covenant of Israel's right to exist. In other words, a world leader is going to rise up. That's going to say Israel has a right to exist. And therefore they're going to start saying peace and safety, okay? But something's going to happen in the middle. Now, remember, he shall confirm the covenant with many for one seven. So we take that meaning, just like the others, seven years. And in the midst of the week, in the three and a half, that's why you hear all the time, three and a half, three and a half, three and a half, in the midst of the week, He shall cause the sacrifice and oblation to cease. What's this tell us? In verse 26, Jerusalem and the tabernacle is destroyed. What does that mean? That means sacrifices continued. Listen, sacrifices continued after Jesus was crucified. They continued for about 38 years. The sacrifices in the temple continued until 70 AD. When the temple was destroyed, all sacrifices ceased. They didn't happen anymore. Verse twenty-seven says, "When this prince comes, he doesn't tell us that sacrifices resume, but we know they cease when the at the destruction of the temple, because if you don't have a temple, you can't have a sacrifice." Then it says, "In the midst of the week, he causes the sacrifice and oblation to cease." So it's this is where you get the thought of a world leader that gives right to Israel to begin sacrifice. <laughs> Sorry. And they begin sacrifices again. And they think they're in safety and they get to be who they've always, they think, created to be. But it's a false safety. And at the middle of the week, he comes into the temple. He comes into Jerusalem. He takes over and brings war against Jerusalem and causes the abomination that makes desolate even unto the consummation, and that determined shall be poured upon the desolate. And so this is where you see this, final seven years, okay? So futurists will view the book of Revelation as igniting and starting the final seven years or the last half of the final seven years according to which group or which uh, prophecy teacher you listen to. I hope that makes sense. Now remember this. We know. Uh, Somebody somebody says, why do do we think that Jerusalem's got to come back to the Lord and receive the Messiah? Because when Jesus, matter of fact, it might be good to even read this one. When Jesus is saying, Matthew 23, Matthew 23, starting with 37, he's about to go to Jerusalem to be killed. Remember, Jerusalem is the subject. Old Jerusalem, Jerusalem. Thou that killest the prophets, stonest them which are sin unto thee. How often would I gather thy children together, even as a hen gathered her chickens under her wings, and ye would not. Behold, your house is left unto you desolate. It stops, and you're going to come under judgment because of your rejection. Now you're going to be blinded, and you're going to be under judgment. You're going to suffer wars all the way till the end. However, verse 39... For I say to you, this is a prophecy from the Lord himself. You shall not see me again, henceforth. You won't see me again until you shall say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Baruch Ba Bashem Adonai. Is that right? Hallelujah. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And it's going to take the great tribulation to sift Israel and turn them back. But when the Lord returns, they will be crying out for him. And they will receive him. He will come back to the city in triumph and joy. Hallelujah. There's just no way for me to teach these things and keep it under 20 minutes. I love you. Let's say the Lord's Prayer will jump off. I'm sorry. My, my wife, you didn't even give me that look saying you went too long.
1: You were too deep in.
0: Oh, love you guys. Thanks for being here. We will see you in the morning. Let's say the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. (laughs) All right. Love you guys. Have a great day. Bye.